Yeah, you got it. There we go. We got it. We had a false start uh, joining us on the show. Dayon Dunlap, we had a false start when it came to starting Lettridge Cooks. But this is Lettridge Cooks presented by the Saxonian family. My name is Andy Anas, and we are off the heels of another Houston Cougars men's basketball game. This time it was in Kansas. The Houston Cougars, number three ranked Houston Cougars, went up to Wichita, Kansas, and came away with the victory over the Shockers. 70-61 to 61 was the final, but it was an uphill battle for the Cougars for a lot of the night, especially in regards to how really tenacious, how much effort, especially early on in the first half and even early parts of the second half when the Shockers were on a 10-0 run. Uh, Wichita State came in. You could tell that they had an extra juice about them when it came to this game and it showed in particular when it came to a stat that shows a lot about effort and that came to rebounding again early on in the second half but joining me as always Chris Gardner of the Houston Romber Review Dayon Dunlap how are you two doing I'm doing great man trying to stay warm waiting for the warm weather to come back into Houston here but yeah I'm doing great we can talk about rebounding I've never seen a Kelvin Sampson Cougar team be out rebounded at one point and a half, 13 to two. Yeah. 13 yeah. to two. That's effort. Wichita State, they beat the Cougs to loose balls. I mean, they, they out-cooed the Cougs early in the second half. Then Cougs, Reggie Chaney. I know he yeah. fouled out, but Reggie Chaney made a big difference. He got rebounds, kept possessions alive for his teammates to knock down buckets. He was crucial to this but also down and you guys know it anybody watching the Cougs knows this also Juan Roberts got in foul trouble early and him on the bench early second half had an impact negatively because for a first time in I think this season the four guard one big lineup didn't work so but hey a win is a win on to Temple on Sunday yeah, I'm doing good. And, uh, I mean, like Chris, both of you guys just hit on a lot of good points. To me, I mean, Wichita State, they look very comfortable early on in that game, along with the energy. They play smart. They play fast. They played aggressive. And a lot of that, I think, had to do with with is being at home. And Coach Simpson always referenced how tough it is to rent a role game and – Houston showed their toughness down the stretch, led by their defense, and with Jamal Shedd and Marcus and um, Jarvis coming up big in the second half. And so um, it was a hard-fought game. Much credit to Wichita State for competing like they did. Chris, um, I was just going to say I couldn't agree with you more in regards to how important Reggie Chaney was to the game. Honestly, he was a player that – I don't know if you could call him the player of the game, but he was really important in terms of just being able to change the dynamic of this game, especially in that second half, because when Wichita State went on a 10-0 run, and a lot of it, in in the 10-0 run, six of those points came off of second-chance points for the Shockers, which was huge. And you know, Michael Jones, who's watching on YouTube, who's watching That's Rage, who's presented by his Sexton family on YouTube, agrees with you, Chris. I agree, Cheney was a crucial uh Point. He was a crucial player to changing the game. Now, going back to Wichita State in that 10-0 run, they built a seven-point lead. Like I said, at one point, I think it might have been around that stretch, they got 
seven offensive rebounds on nine misses that they had. And going back to something that Kelvin Sampson said, a few, I don't remember if it was the game before, it might have been a while back, but one of the key areas that he tracks, the goal for Houston is to rebound 50% of their misses. Mm -hmm. So looking at it from the Wichita State perspective, they rebounded seven of their nine misses at one point, which is just absurd. And that was a key reason why Houston was down, especially in the second half to Wichita State. And then Reggie Chaney went in. I know he had foul trouble, like you alluded to um, as well, Chris, and then ultimately he ended up fouling out. But that was key in that run that, that Houston was able to rally. And then without, he got an offensive rebound, kicked it out to Jarris Walker for the corner, three-pointer, and that was ultimately the go-ahead basket that gave Houston the lead that it never relinquished to 57-54 at that point. And we, and we saw Jarris, in a matter of minutes, do something that all of us have kind of like, come on, Jarris, shoot the ball. Don't hesitate. He hesitated, previous shot, basically was shot clock violation. Next trip down, Caught it, shot it, three-pointer. Thank you, Jared. <laughs> That's what the fans want you to do. Don't think about it. Don't hesitate. Let it fly. Trust your shot. He did that. He was big on the stretch as well. Rebounds, making shots, defense. Started slowly, one for eight from the floor, but he finished strong. It just found a way to win. I mean, you know, it wasn't pretty. Some fans are going to freak out. What is it about, you know, oh, they're struggling with these teams in the conference. Oh, woe is me. They're just not as good as we thought. All this kind of stuff. Wichita State played very well. Mm -hmm. Jacon Walton was very good. The crowd was hype. But the Cougs' defense eventually wore down the Shockers. And the Cougs started making shots. Got the win. That's, that's, that's the bottom line. They got the win. Yep, I mean, you pretty much said it perfectly, Chris. But another player who I think is also the player of the game was Jamal Shedd. I think um, he really – he does a great job of picking and choosing when to be aggressive. And he's always aggressive, but, I mean, what I mean is I guess aggressive to score. I mean, um, yeah, definitely was the closer, uh, 100% sure. But he also jump-started the team because everyone was struggling early on. And he took it upon himself to get into the paint and finish to kind of settle the team down. I think early on, Jairus, first time, one of the first times I've seen him where he was playing out of rhythm, seemed like he was playing kind of fast and not within the rhythm of the offense. And um, and then he settled down and, and played well, like Chris said, down the stretch. But I think Jamal Shedd has such a good game to settle the team down with scoring and then in the second half to, to get people involved when – breaking down the defense and making plays and getting people looks. So he he had a really, really, really impressive game today. Absolutely. And then when you look at Jamal Shredden and Kendrick, the, what you alluded to, Dayon, in terms of how important he was in the first half, he was really kind of the only Cougar that had it going offensively to begin the game. I think he had nine points and four assists at the halftime break. He had and seven really, of the team's first nine points. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah. And, and <laughs> that – when you when you bring up what Shed was able to do, not just in terms of him being able to to have the scoring load offensively, which is key for Houston, but really his penetration into the paint and being able to create shots for others or hockey assists. That was crucial in this game as well, especially in in a game where at times, especially when Wichita State was able to go on their runs and they had built up, I, I believe their largest lead of the game was eight early on in the first half, but it kind of seemed like Houston offensively 
they're the ball got a little bit sticky in terms of maybe being too much uh, ISO heavy, and then after that, Houston think, was able to kind of have more ball movement. Down, go ahead. Yeah, man, it just Wichita State did such a good job defending Houston yeah. in half court. Uh, am I muted? No, you're good. No, you're, you're good. good. You're good. No, I'm just agreeing yeah, with your point because you're absolutely right. Good job defending Houston in the half court, but for Houston. They have to do a better job of executing in the half court. I mean, you're going to see good defense, but this is a certain time, like Andy's saying, like they have to move the ball and have player movement and not be so um, so reliant on being able so to win in a one-on-one matchup. And, and Although they can do it and they have the players to do it, that just comes a time where you got to get ball movement and player movement. And, and part of that is Jamal Shedd breaking down the defense and moving the ball, like you said, getting a hockey assist, because part of that is getting the ball in the paint, making the defense help, move the ball, move the ball, move the ball, instead of uh, um, going one-on-one as much. I know a, a lot of – some of the game plan is to attack matchups, but you, you're definitely right on it. But at the same time, I was watching Wichita State's defense, and I got to give that coach credit. I think they had a really, really good game plan going into the game. They were really focused and sticking to the game plan. But I think Houston, that's one thing area that I'm looking at over these last few games. They have to have better half-court execution. And also, they have to play – faster when the opportunity presents itself because that was one of the times I think they were down maybe four or five. They had a, a transition opportunity scored. They had a semi-transition opportunity and was able to take the lead. So I think instead of playing in the half court so much against set defenses, they have to do a, a better job and a conscious effort of pushing the basketball off rebounds, off defensive rebounds to just let their athleticism and and their um, ability to kind of take over and just who agreed. But one of the issues for they could, I mean, they didn't play fast. They could not secure the defensive board. So that was a problem. But both you guys are right. They went away. It it went to ISO too early and they went away from low post, mid post action with Jarris and, and, and Juan Roberts. Sometimes yeah. just go with it. Trust the offense. It, I don't care if they're double teaming Juan early. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. Okay? They want – teams would prefer the Cougs to get away from the low post, middle post stuff early and go one-on-one because then they get out of rhythm. Mm-hmm. And then it's harder for them to get back into the offense and execute. So, as you guys know, I like the ball going down low inside out first. Pound on that first. See what the defense is going to do. Are they going to double-team Juwan? Are they going to double-team Jarris? If not, one-on-one matchups. If they are, kick it out, ball movement, swing it around. You might get some, some penetration because the defense is rotating and then get in the paint and break down defense that way as well. So, you know. But let's – Mr. Smith, let me pull this up, Andy, if I can. Go oh, ahead. He answered part of it toward the end there with the struggles on the glass – one in the foul trouble, <laughs> you know. I mean, he is really more and more this season. We're seeing how important he is for rebounding when he gets in foul trouble because Tremont sometimes crashes the boards. We saw what he did on the stretch, got a key old board, keep a possession alive. But first half, he's not there on the boards. The guards, you know, the guards got a game rebound in the first part of the game. If they do that, it helps set the tone for the rest of the game. Because if you don't, then you get the shockers 
they were they were hype. I mean, they were just all over the place. Fed off that crowd, that energy from the crowd, and they hung around. But the Coos hung around, hung around. I mean, heck, the Coos are up one at halftime and didn't play well. <laughs> they were still up one yeah. at halftime. I think Jerry's has to um, rebound better. That's yes. one player I think you have to have your two post players, especially if J1 is getting in foul trouble. Jerry's is one player that has to have rebounds. He has to, in my opinion, well, he can at least get seven or eight or more rebounds. If you're not getting 10, you can at least get seven to eight or nine. I think he has to rebound the ball better. And he, he seems more settled in, but at times I still seem like he's thinking on the defensive end or when to go trap on the post and it just little things. But I, I think for him, he need, in my opinion, he needs to rebound better. But everything else, I agree with 100%, Chris, about the guards got to help and everything. But I think Jarrett has to rebound better because you, it can't be such a drop off when Jay Wan goes out and Reggie come in. And he had, we already talked about that. How, play, how well he played, even rebounding. And Reggie isn't a great rebounder, but his effort is what sticks out. Whether he's going to get tip, tip rebounds, he's going to go get the ball. But Jarrett, I think he has to be more aggressive in attacking the ball and getting rebounds. Jarrett said quickly, no full uh, boards tonight, zero. Which uh, we'll, we'll get back to that on the other side of the break real quickly. I'd like to remind everybody that this is Let's Rage Coots presented by the Saxonian family. The Saxonian family is a primary sponsor of Let's Rage Coots for the remainder of the men's basketball season and into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament, which is taking away about five weeks away. Crazy to think that we are already in February, and you know what that means. We're a step closer to March. And, of course, we'd also like to say thank you to one of our partners for today's episode of Let's Rage Cook, Star Pizza. Be sure to visit them online at starpizza.net. Star Pizza is Houston's best pizza since 1976. And you can check out their online menu and even order online at starpizza.net. And of course, we also like to thank H-O-U-N-I-L. Check out this message from Javier Francis and H-O-U-N-I-L. Hi, my name is Javier Francis, and I'm partnering with H-O-U-N-I-L. Hey, we need the fans to go to H-O-U-N-I-L.com to subscribe to our player credit content. Supporting Cougar basketball helps its players stay among the top teams in the country. Once again, that's H-O-U-N-I-L.com to subscribe. Thank you, and go Cougs. Once again, that was a message by H-O-U-N-I-L. Be sure to visit them online at H-O-U-N-I-L.com to support player-created content, as you heard Javier Francis say in that clip. Chris, like you were talking, or uh, we were talking about uh, Jareth Walker when it came to rebounding, and he only got five boards, zero offensive rebounds. And at times, Dan, you mentioned the hesitancy. That's something where still you, you kind of have to attribute that to him being a freshman and maybe at times still trying to, maybe not second-guess, but still trying to think before just necessarily just being reacting or reacting on the court. Now, one of the things that uh, Jawan Roberts told reporters about two weeks ago, I think two weeks from this Monday, when it comes to just walking rebounding, he agrees. He feels like his potential is sky high when it comes to rebound. He says right now he's probably averaging. I mean, today he had him closest to low end with five rebounds, but he's averaging roughly seven, eight rebounds a game per contest. He says he can get those numbers up to 15 a game is what Johan Roberts said on the high end, but absolutely there's still a lot left 
there's still a lot left in terms of room for growth, maybe a lot left to be desired from that standpoint when it comes to rebounding, one of the signature calling cards, and that's one of the reasons why whenever Jawan Roberts and Reggie Cheney are not in the game, there's a drop-off. You know, and, and let's say he's playing like a freshman. He's playing like someone who was named a freshman of the, the nation by some writing publications, and he just didn't bring in the first half on the boards. Okay, He's, he's not yet the full mud-in-the-blood player that folks come to expect from Cougar frontcourt players. And he may not get there before he goes to the NBA. But you saw what he can do skill set-wise in the second half. A block shot, two threes, a great pass for a dunk to Roberts. You put it all together. He's, I mean, he played well in the second half. He, he made winning plays in the second half down the stretch. First half, I want to... he did rebound well. That part of the game, he needs to improve. I wanted yeah. to bring up this comment by Cell Cell Tension Cell Tension. Sorry, I'm butchering the name, but he says rebounding has been an issue this year. Has it been bad? No, but it just hasn't been up to the Houston Cougars standard, which is really it, it's true. It is. It's been we've been much more. Um, focused on it because it's not up to standards of previous year's teams that we've come to expect with the Houston Cougars. Now, he brings up the great point. Do you think it has to do with fatigue, starters getting too many minutes, lack of bench production? And Chris, you're shaking your head, so I'll let you go first. But when it comes to when it comes to fatigue, that's not going to get any better because they're not going to line back in Houston until early Friday morning. And then, well, they're going to turn right around Saturday. to Philadelphia yeah. Saturday yeah. for the game against Temple on Sunday afternoon. But Chris, you were shaking your head, so curious to get your thoughts on it. Rebounding is effort. Rebounding is effort. Just bottom line, you box it out, you know, go get the ball. Sometimes the Cougs don't go get the ball. Jarrett doesn't get the ball. Jermon doesn't get the ball. All those things were a problem, especially early second half. Were they fatigued late second half? <laughs> They played a lot of minutes, but they played harder, crashed. You saw Emmanuel Sharp dive on the floor for a loose ball, held ball possession. There was more of that down the stretch. They went and got the ball. They beat the Shockers to get the ball. That's what this team does not do enough of compared to previous Cougs teams. That's it. I mean, Coach Sampson has said he would like to play his, his bench guys more. Sometimes Coach doesn't trust them enough to do that. But, hey. Yeah. Terrence also hit a big corner three. He's mm-hmm. up and down. Emmanuel Sharp did not hit a three today, but he, he got some rebounds. He, he got a couple of rebounds that were huge. Yes, he went and got the ball. Good. You know, Javier Francis. Javier is, is not good in space defending perimeter players like the other Cougs bigs are. So that's a problem, and that's why Coach doesn't want to <laughs> put him out there long because if teams go at him like that on the perimeter, Javier struggles with that. But rebounding is just effort. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Bottom line is effort. These guys are not going to be seven feet tall. They're not going to grow the rest of the season or ever. Rebounding is effort. Box out, butt in the gut, ball hit the rim, go get it. Be first on the floor to get the ball. That's it. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned size because I think that plays a, point in, a part in it. This is a smaller team. We start two power forwards and really only have one true center, and that's JVA, and he – doesn't really play as much. And another word you mentioned, which I'm glad you did, Chris, is trust. Um, Coach Sampson, when you see if they're behind or the game is tight, in the moment, Reggie's going to be on the floor. 
and whether it's Reggie and Jaywan or Reggie and Jarvis, if Jaywan's in foul trouble. But even with that being said, Reggie doesn't have much size, so you have to rely on effort. You have to rely on technique and boxing out, where sometimes if you have the bigger size that they had, they don't have to box out or be as technical. They can just go get the rebound. So I think size play a part of it as well as the different elements like Chris mentioned with effort and just going to go get it. But, yeah, I don't think fatigue is all those, in my opinion, are excuses. And I don't think those um, really play that big of a part to why Houston doesn't rebound to the standard like we're accustomed to seeing them rebound. And, and Andy, Dan, you guys could look it up. Because I haven't yet. But, I mean, rebounding-wise, the Cougs are still one of the top rebounding teams in the country. Yeah. They're just not rebounding like previous Cougs teams. And the, the really the biggest issue is defensive rebounding, finishing yeah. defensive positions with being able to get rebounds. Because when it comes to offensive rebounding, they're still towards the top of the country. And Some like of those defensive rebounds, my fault, Chris, oh. is – where the Houston is doing such a good job of rotating and moving and forcing the ball to move and rotating, some of that is just the, the way the ball bounces. Mm -hmm. It's long rebounds because they're forcing to keep the ball out of the paint. You rotate, and sometimes you're getting caught in the rotation. The shot goes up, and it's a long rebound. So they're out of position, and it's not so much of them not being big or not having the effort. It's just the way the ball bounces. So it's different elements, but overall, I mean – most of the elements that we're talking about play in effect. I mean, I'm looking at it. it because some I of just the, wanted to add this stat. Sorry, Chris, before you to cut you off, but Houston's 17th in the country when it comes to offensive rebounding, and they fall all the way to 102nd in the country when it comes to defensive rebounding. Yeah, and part of it, it's 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 a lot of things. No Josh Carlton, no seven footer on this team. No seven foot, big seven footer. Josh Carlton was a space eater. Okay, he took up space, impression. long arms, and got it. Bryson Gresham. They went and got ball. They were taller, longer. Not on this year's team. Got to rebound differently this year. But some of the balls bounces in the first half. Just bounce Wichita State's way. And I think Coach Sampson says this a few times. The ball finds energy. It just seems yeah. to find energy. And the Shockers have that energy first half and early second half. And the ball found them. Cougs down the stretch. The ball found them, and they went and got it. Not only does the ball find energy, the ball has energy. When you move the ball, normally that it, it results in good things. And, mm -hmm. and so Houston did a great job down the stretch, just executing, attention to detail, and like Chris said earlier, buckling down on the defense. And I think I might have said this in our last episode. And, Defense is still the calling card from this program. I know we're harping on rebounding, but the defense has been um, top tier. It's been excellent, and and that's something they can rely on, especially on a road where you get – or even when you get in the tournament, you know shots aren't always going to fall, but you can they can rely on defense. Defense travels no matter where you are, what gym you are, what play you in, where you're playing at, their defense is going to travel, and they're going to be able to defend at a high level. And um, this is like one of the few games in recent – I don't know how many games they have where all five starters are in double figures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's differently different thing about this year's team than previous Cougs teams. I mean, it's just as Coach Santa says a lot to us. Each season, the team is different. And you'll see how the season, the team plays out that particular season. 
this team has more balanced offense. Still good defense. Maybe not great Cougar defense as previous teams, but they're still finding ways to win. This team is also one of the least experienced Cougs yeah. teams. Yeah, and that point. makes a difference as well. Because right. if you're inexperienced, veterans know the tricks. Mm-hmm. They know how to, to bump out. They know how to hold one arm, use one arm <laughs> to hold off the guy, get rebound with the other arm. You know, you get that from experience and playing. These guys don't have that yet. Yeah, that's a great Especially point. in the front court. Especially in the front court when you think about it. Outside of Jawan Roberts being pushed into the starting role, it's a bit of a new role for him heading into the season. And then, of course, you know, Reggie Chaney's the vet, but then Jarvis Walker, freshman, Javier Francis, who is a sophomore, but, you know, Kevin Sampson always says he's basically a freshman because of the amount of playing time he got a season ago behind Josh Carlton and Fabian White and all the bigs that Houston had in the front court a season ago. Real quickly, I think it's interesting that, that we mentioned the offense. I want to go to a comment that I saw from one of our viewers on YouTube. But before that, I'd like to remind everybody that may be watching live on the Houston Round Ball Review YouTube channel. If you're listening to the audio-only version recorded the day, the next day, or whenever you may be listening on our audio-only platforms on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you may be listening. This is Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. Of course, we'd like to say thank you to the Saxonian family, who is the primary sponsor of Let's Rage Cougs for the remainder of the men's basketball regular season and into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament. So a big thank you to the Saxonian family. And of course, we'd also like to give a shout out to our other partners for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs, beginning with Star Pizza. They are Houston's best pizza since 1976. Be sure to visit them online at starpizza.net, where you not only can you view their menu and check out their various locations, but also order online so you can just stop and pick up on the way home. Of course, also, we would also like to say thank you to HOUNIL, and you will hear a message from HOUNIL and Javier Francis right now. Hi, my name is Javier Francis, and I'm partnering with HOUNIL. We need the fans to go to HOUNIL.com to subscribe to our player credit content. Supporting Cougar basketball helps its players stay among the top teams in the country. Once again, that's HOUNIL.com to subscribe. Thank you, and go Cougs. Subscribing for just a little or as low as just $20 a month, and you can do so at HOUNIL.com. So getting back into it, uh, there was a comment that just slipped up when I had to switch for the video, but this was from IC underscore FEQWS. The way this offense has been playing, the way they win six games in a row in March against the best in the nation uh, come March Madness tournament. Now, I think that's that's an interesting comment um, just because in terms of the overall playmakers that they have top to bottom one through five and then even off the bench you have guys like Emmanuel Sharp and Terrence Arsenal struggled to to make shots recently but he's a guy that can also put the ball through the basket I think the biggest issue with when it comes to offense again could just be when it comes to the ball being more sticky but I'll let you guys have a crack at that and when you guys think about maybe the offense not being good enough to play in the March to win in the March Madness tournament yeah, I disagree with that 100%. The offense is definitely good enough. Um, but the defense is what is going to keep Houston in every game. And when you have 
the plethora of options that they have with the ability to score, you don't have to be a perfect offensive game or have a great offensive game to win games. Um, and so I, I, I disagree with that. I think the offense is good enough and they're still finding their stride. I, I think, it, I mean, it's not going to be a game or many games where you have ec- excellent execution offensively and you have multiple players having great offensive games. But when you have the depth that they have offensively and the n- different numerous of options, not only that, you have a point guard like Jamal Shedd who doesn't shy away from big moments, who is going to make the right play, whether it's creating or being aggressive to score. And then you have also have a threat like Marcus, and you've seen Jerry's ability to make plays down the stretch. You have more than enough offensive weapons to win games. So, I mean, I, I don't – yeah, I, I disagree with that for sure. Yeah, I, I disagree as well. This team still shot 45% from the, from the floor tonight, which in previous teams, that might have been a, a, a high, you know, season high for some of the previous Cougars teams. But this team has more – they still scored 1.1 and change points per possession in this game. Okay. It's just they're winning differently. And basketball is matchups. They're mm-hmm. not a lot of teams that can match up with the Cougs' offensive weapons. Okay? Now, it'll be a question. There might be a handful of teams that are bad matchups for the Cougs. The Cougs may not face those teams in tournament because those teams might lose in, in the previous round. It's just matchups. It's all about matchups. And this team has a chance, as good a chance as any. I mean, Coach Sampson, I think, has said, I think surprisingly more this season that this team is a good team. He's mentioned that a lot. You know, he's, he's quick to say it's not a great team. Mm-hmm. But he said many times this team is a good team. There are a lot of teams that win the championship, and we're among them. We're good enough to do that. How often have you heard Coach Sampson say that? So this team is good enough to win the championship based on who they play. Hell, it's one and done. It's one and done six times, one and, one and done. Survive in advance. They can win four games by a point, get to the final four. We won't care about, man, if they, I wish they would have played better. They sure didn't play well. They didn't play in their A game, but they're in the final four. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and I, in the first I, round I will... Next, next, and next. Oh, I will also say, if I can add something doing... else about the offense, I think Jerry is. Um, I mean, we talked about this earlier who we thought would be an X factor, but I'm noticing of recent, and I'm sure Coach Sampson would agree. I would love to get his opinion that Jerry is, is not only a matchup nightmare for opposing teams because his versatility. And he's a great two-point scorer, intermediate two-point scorer. He has a great floater, especially for his size. Normally, his size players focus on getting all the way to the rim. But he has such a great intermediate game. But I think Coach Sampson is realizing the importance of Jerry's being effective offensively and how it affects the team in a good way and opens up the floor. So I'm seeing more of a conscious effort now that he's Jerry's him is more comfortable and more confident and attacking and just playing at the college level. So I think as they continue to focus on getting him touches and getting him the ball, he's going to be an an important piece offensively for Houston to go on their run in a tournament like we're talking about. I'm not saying that he has to 
score a high number of points. He just has to be effective, and whether he, he he draws double teams, make the right plays, just impact the game offensively because he he's such a good versatile offensive player. And I will say, just in terms of for the lack of how young the team is, especially again when it comes to some of the key players that they're relying relying with, whether it be Jarris Walker, the freshman, they're still really good defensively. When you look at the numbers, I know occasionally there'll be stretches when they they will give up open shots and they'll just have um, lapses. But overall, they're still when it comes to field goal or for opposition field goal percentage, they're still second in the country. They're still, I think, overall, UNT just surpassed them when it comes to fewest points allowed or the fewest points their opponents are scoring per game by, like, point two, but it's, like, 54 points a game. And you saw it against Wichita State. Even though they Shockers had some success, the Cougars were able to kind of find a switch, for the lack of a better way to describe it, and kind of hold them down. Even going back to the game they lost in the American Athletic Conference, the only game they've lost against American Athletic Conference opponents, against Temple, they nearly pitched a shutout for the last seven minutes of the game, holding them to no field goals. And to seven, just um, they held them to no field goal in just one point in the final seven minutes of that game. And despite of how bad offensively they had against the Owls, they were right there at the very end with a chance to win the game. And that's something that come March, that's really, really huge for a team, regardless of who it is, regardless of what kind of offensive night. Like they, they scored 55 points against Temple, and they could have walked it off and won it with a layup at the very end. Off a great play. A great mm-hmm. out-of-bounds play that just bounced off. Despite missing 10 free throws, they still had a chance to win that game. So I want to give you guys t- thoughts on it about Marcus Sasser, Jamal Shed. Marcus Sasser has a great step back shot. I think that's better than Jamal's. Oh. I think his handles overall are better than Jamal's. But Jamal mm-hmm. goes to that right hand, and he's, I think he's a little bit stronger than Marcus when it comes to finishing through contact, a little bit. It's not a space issue. I think Marcus gets space over his defenders with that quick handle, step back, pump fakes, whatever you want to use. But Jamal may have him just in a little bit when it comes to strength and finishing through contact. That's it. Jamal does a great job of setting up moves, too. Mm-hmm. He, he's such good going right, but he also can go left. Like he goes left willingly and he does a good job of keeping the defense off balance and reading the defense and, and just attacking. Like, man, I, I really love Jamal's. I mean, yeah, yeah, Jamal's game. And Marcus did a great job today too of not settling for the three when it wasn't going. He started to attack the gla- attack the paint, get inside and, and finish, get himself to the free throw line. And so, Man, his admiration of just being more than a three-point shooter, I can't talk about it enough, and that's only going to bode well going into the, to the into the tournament. And so, I mean, those two guards, I think they complement each other just so well. They, their chemistry, especially in transition, is so well. And, but Jamal, man, when, when he gets to that right hand, you're in trouble. And let, let me say, uh, Jack, Cox, he, he joined us late, but yes, Ricky Cheney was huge down the stretch <laughs> for the huge, great defense, crashed the boards, helped bring the Cougs back on the boards because they were getting just thrashed early in the second half on the glass, and Reggie narrowed that, that deficit for the Cougs, so kudos to him for the, for the effort. Mm-hmm. The Cougs missed six layups. 
because they were nine for fifteen on layups. That's another thing. Yeah, make That's those comes back and the, the, the lead. It's bigger, you know. So I mean, right. it's, it's little things here and there. And I keep saying this: we're going to see it again Sunday against Temple. Conference opponents, they know what you do. Yeah, much better than conference po- opponents. Who will the Who will the Cougs face in a tournament? NCAA tournament. Non-conference opponents. Non-conference opponents. Okay, so and teams it, that usually outside of really the first round and maybe the switch from second round to Sweet Sixteen, they'll probably have like a day to prepare for the Cougars or yeah. two days. And another so point, that, a different beast. Another point that Chris always brings up, and which is a great point, is being familiar playing Houston once. When you play Houston once, you get accustomed to how they play. It's a difference between playing them for the first time. Right. For sure. I mean, this team tonight, they shot seven for 20 from three. That's 35 percent. That's that's solid. Mm -hmm. Okay, they missed six layups. I mean, so it's little things that they're they're not doing. We could. Overanalyze every little part of this game, every little part of this team. The nine and one conference, they are are either two. Twenty one and two. Made free throws, being 10 and 0 in conference. Temple missing two more free throws because they were 20 for 22 in that game. Making so a layup. Make a layup. The very, uh, this very So I, I'm not saying this team is not perfect. I, trust me, I know this team has some flaws. But this team is finding ways to win. And that's the thing that impresses me the most about this team because. I think they have a lot of talent, but the inexperience does rear its head in certain spots, but they're still finding ways to win. So let's enjoy this ride because it might last a long time. Even if they go back to it. Four one-point wins to get to the Final Four. Final Four is in Houston. They could ride the emotional wave or be too much pressure once they get here. But Let's see if they get here first. But first things first, Temple on Sunday. It's going to be a battle because, and you touched on it, they'll get back to Houston late Friday, sleep, basically, then go to Philly Saturday for a game at 5 o'clock on Sunday. Whew, that's going to be tough. But I still pick them to win the wall game. They'll still yeah. find a way to win to beat Temple. They're gonna be ready. Because and now Houston with the win is seven and zero on the road after beating the Shockers. But go ahead, Chris. And and the short turnaround is kind of beneficial because they're facing Temple for the second time. Not much needs to be said by the staff. You know you know what they do. You know we didn't do well. Let's go do what we didn't do well Sunday. We'll win this game. We have the post-game comment, the audio from a snippet of the audio from head coach Calvin Sampson. And let's just check it out real quickly. I do like to remind everybody that this is Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. And without further ado, here's what head coach Calvin Sampson had to say post-game following Houston's 70-61 victory over Wichita State. And then laugh at me if I fail. All right, guys, ask me a question. Uh, for 
Jairus, it wasn't really the, the first half that he might not have wanted after a big game. Yeah. How big was, was kind of his play primarily? Yeah, you know, uh, I think the uh, toughest thing for um, freshmen you know, that's something we're doing something this year we haven't done. And, you know, you know, everybody knows we lost four starters, but the thing about those four starters were their experience and their ages. You know, Tajay Moore was in his sixth year, uh, a medical, um, and then he had this COVID year. Um, Josh Cardin was in his fifth year, Fabian White, fifth year, Kyler Edwards, fourth year. And then look at our bench tonight. We're bringing in two freshmen, true freshmen. Jairus a freshman, you know? and we've had to ride this a little bit with them. You know, there's, uh, there's not a lot in between with Jairus. You know, he's either really good or he's, a little, he's off. You know, he hasn't learned how to, but that's what freshmen do. You know, he's, freshmen have a hard time understanding how to impact winning. <clears throat> like, uh, we actually put in extra work this uh, week with offensive rebounding with him. Well, he got the same amount of rebounds as my granddaughter, Maisie. None. So, but Joey's coming off a game where, you know, he looked like a man child. And so I thought it would, sometimes they think it's, it's hard. It's hard to play good on the road. Uh, you have the, you have an innate uh, built-in support group at home. You have your fans, you know. Um, just like they have a tremendous home court advantage here because they have great fans at Wichita State, so do we. We have tremendous fans. And, and they, they were with him tonight. Um, you know, he just he struggled. His decision-making was poor. His rebounding was poor. Um, I thought his um, toughness wasn't where we needed. Um, but, you know, we, we just we seemed like we are climbing uphill a lot. And, and give Wichita State credit. They played well. You know, the Walton kid played good. Isaac, uh, once we got in foul trouble, he started driving uh, the Rojas kid, and um, he was getting to the foul line. So I thought Wichita State, um, they competed. But uh, once we started getting some stops and, and then making some open shots, we, we missed so many open shots. That's a little bit frustrating. But I'm tired to tell our kids, you're getting good shots. Keep shooting. Um, so, but... <clears throat> You know, this is our f uh, how many road games have we played this year? Seven, no, uh, no, I'm sorry, in the conference. Uh, what's our record? I don't even know. Our, nine and one. What's our record? 91, so that's 10, so we've probably played uh, five road games. So that's our fifth road game, and, and they're all difficult. It's always tough to win on the road. Coach, at the 3.59 mark after that timeout, I noticed Marcus was kind of hanging back with you. What were you telling him? Because I noticed that him, it seemed like the momentum totally shifted in the U of H favor right after that 3.59 timeout. Yeah. Um, you know, he just needed a little pick-me-up. Sometimes uh, even, even your best players um, need to be told, uh, you know, we're going to lean on you. Because we're putting him in a lot of ball screen actions. And we were, you know, when we, whenever we got in the paint, something good happened. Um, but, you know, Jairus had that little stretch there. We, he shot a fallaway jumper from about 18 feet, and I didn't uh, know whether to vomit or go blind when he shot that one. Then he followed that up with, with going for a steal, and, and they turned around and got a basket. So that's, that's a four-point play. We kept doing that. We kept doing dumb stuff.
Oh, once again, that was Houston head coach Calvin Sampson. Clip got cut off at the four ten minute, four minute ten second mark, but that's a that's an issue for another day. But um, we'll talk about a lot of things where he discussed in particular uh, with Jarris Walker and his rebounding, offensive rebounding effort, which was kind of the highlight of that clip right there. And Chris, I'll go to you first. Jarris Walker and Calvin Sampson's granddaughter, Maisie, had the same number of offensive rebounds. We touched on it minutes ago in Let's Rage Cougs. Jarris, his old board total, all of us, me, you, Dayon, Mr. Smith, Jack, everybody watching Let's Rage Cougs right now had the same number of old boards <laughs> as Jarris did tonight. That's not a good thing. He has to do better crashing the old boards. He has the God-given – that's, that's when we go back to effort. He's got the talent, the build, the physical makeup, the size, all those things. Offense rebounding truly is effort. You, team miss a shot, you miss a shot. Go get the ball. You go get it. He didn't do that tonight. His one biggest, I mean, he had a few other shaky moments, but the zero offensive boards, that really stood out. Yeah, and also what stood out, what Coach Simpson talked about, which we talked about, was the um, the youth, the lack of experience, especially coming off the bench from players. And, and so I think that plays an effect. Coach Simpson's been juggling getting JVA experience because he knows he's going to need him not only throughout his career, but in spurts in this season versus when he knows his crunch time having to have Reggie in the game. But, man, like – Cozamson pretty much just echo what we said about Jarris and rebounding. And like we're saying, he has the ability, the talent. So it's just about anticipation and, and, and going to go get it, at least attempting. And so, um, man, that, it was good to hear Cozamson say that. And Marcus did have a good stretch where he was being aggressive and looking to take over. And, and his part of that stretch helped get Houston back in the game and eventually take a lead. So the way Jamal was able to, to – steady the ship early on in the game and then keep it afloat and, and, and make sure it's thrown in the right direction to end the game. Then Marcus in the midst of that was able to make a few plays and keep Houston, um, the momentum from slipping fully out um, from, from out under them and keeping them in the game. I mean, it, it was a, it was a great team effort. I, I kind of feel like every, every, every starter make, good crunch time plays and including Terrence. He made not only that three, got a couple of rebounds. Emmanuel had a couple of impactful plays and rebounds. And so, I mean, it was a collective winning effort tonight. They did a good job of closing out the game. I, I mean, it's one of those games you walk out and be like, uh, yeah, good run. Cause it was like a good run. I mean, yeah. Wichita, they play hard, they play, but in the game, we're better, we're tougher, and we're smarter, and we executed down the stretch. And, and that's, I think, a quote that I've seen on Twitter from uh, James Mueller from the audio that UH has sent to us. Basically, it said, Coach Sampson said, our winning DNA kicked in. Exactly. Mm -hmm. This team knows <laughs> how to win. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, they, right. Yes, they are inexperienced, but they are still finding ways to win. And let's enjoy it because they're finding ways to win. Could Jarris rebound more? Yes, he needs to. Yes. Did Marcus get fouled a couple times on drives? Yes. Was it called? No. Life on the road. 
the Cougs and, still found a way to win. And I think that really gives a credit to a lot of Houston's mental toughness, where, like you said, whether it be foul calls not going your way, whether it be being on the road, being in that hostile environment, being down multiple times during this game and against the Wichita State team that really was killing you when it came to those effort plays. One thing that Calvin Sampson said a while ago, there's not a stat that really highlights effort, just like offensive rebounding. And Wichita State had the edge, but when it came to crunch time, when it came to the final four minutes of the game, it just seemed like Houston had an extra gear. And Chris, like you said, they found a way to win and they executed down the stretch and they got out of Kansas with a victory. And now, like Kelvin said, they're seven and zero. They're seven and zero on the road overall, but now they're nine and one. Or they're let me get the right conference record correct. They're nine and one against American Athletic Conference opponents, which. I mean, that's a testament to how how much mental fortitude this program has. We got to give more credit to also to Coach Q, Coach Connors White, and the work he does with the guards. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team has been a guard-driven team from pretty much throughout the, all their success. And he's one of the um, the assistant coach who works primarily with the guards when watching film, just helping them grow and keep them – I think – he doesn't get enough credit from us and bringing his name up enough to give credit on how he's helping to keeping the guards poised, help keeping them grow. Just all the things that went with what the guards do and how they continue to develop. That's the word I'm looking for. We got to give him his credit because he, he does an outstanding job not only working with the guards, but developing them. And I, I watch them on the sideline, pulling certain guards aside, talking to them within the game. And you can sure, I, I, I can sure ensure that he's having an impact not only on them, but the team as well. Houston outscored Wichita State 19-7 to in the last six minutes. And I think every five different Cougs scored those last six minutes. Jarris Three-pointer, Jarris three-pointer, Jamal Shed layup, Jamal Mark three-pointer, Jawan Roberts dunk, Jawan Roberts dunk, Marcus Sasser two free throws, Jamal Mark two free throws. Five different guys scored in those last six minutes. Winning basketball, man. Find a way to win. <laughs> Balanced scoring, winning basketball. They made plays. Absolutely. And now just looking down the stretch once again, if you're just joining us, we're coming off the heels of number three Houston coming out victorious in Wichita, Kansas against the Shockers. Houston came away with the 70 to 61 victory. Marcus Sasser led or was tied with Jarris Walker when it came to leading scores. Both Marcus Sasser and Jarris Walker had 15 points. Jamal Shedd had 13 points and seven rebounds. Jamal Mark had 12 points and Jawan Roberts had 10. So all five starters were in double figures for the Houston Cougars in this game. And Kind of as we start to wrap, wrap things up, one of the other things that I found interesting from that clip that we played from Kelvin Sampson on the, what he talked about with Marcus Sasser in this game, and even your best players need to pick me up every now and then. What are your guys' thoughts on, on that quote from Kelvin Sampson? That's true. That's accurate. You know, Marcus is human. He goes through slumps. He may have little – I mean, he had good looks. I, I don't think I, I had a problem with any of his shots he took tonight. Didn't fall. He had a lot of good looks. So, hey, that happens, Coach. You know, and Coach said in post game, you got to tell your players sometimes, hey, guys, we're getting good looks. 
just keep taking good shots. They're going to fall eventually. You got to give your teammates, give your players, pick me up sometime. That's part of coaching, being a good coach. Yeah, I think over the last two games, Marcus, Marcus hasn't had his best game. So uh, I think Coach Samson just realized, like, hey, we're going to ride you in a minute. I mean, ride you during this stretch to get not only get you going, but to get us going. And, and he delivered. And so, like Chris, you say, I mean, he, he's human. He, he's not a machine. He's not going to go out there and, and do what he wants to do and capable of doing every single night. Sometimes the ball just, just doesn't fall in. But he's done a great job of not settling and, and relying primarily on the three-point shot. I mean, he did a great job of getting inside, finishing in the paint, getting to the free throw line, making plays. And so Marcus definitely stepped up big tonight. And I want to comment, if we can, before these final few minutes about Jairus, not a great old board offense rebounder because he spends a lot of time on the perimeter. Well, if a shot goes up, shot's missed, he has enough time to run his ass down, get into the paint, get the board. You have to stand on the perimeter to look at the ball, bounce around. He can go get yeah, it. We've seen Nate do that plenty you of know, time. Yeah. The mind to do it against Rutgers. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, nothing. no, 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 no. Yeah, if he wants to go get the ball, he can go get the ball. Okay. You think Coach Sampson saying, Jairus, stand on the perimeter, Jairus. I know you're out there. It's okay. Stand back there. Mm. <laughs> no. <clears throat> Offense rebounded is truly one, two. Tomorrow, Mark down the stretch. Came from the baseline, corner to get an old board. He was on the perimeter. He went and tracked the ball down and got it. Come on now. We got smart fans, but that, that was kind of, oh, come on now. Come on. Chris, as we start to wind things down, I'm going to go around the round table. Chris, uh, Dan, I'll go to you first, actually. Uh, any final takeaways from Houston's 70-61 to 61 victory over Wichita State and anything you might be looking ahead towards a Temple, and where can people find you as well? You can find me on all social media platforms at Dayon Dunlap, um, as it shows on the screen. It was a good win tonight. I was very impressed with, like, how Sampson referred to Houston's winning DNA showed up down the stretch, led by their defense, stopping their opponent from scoring, and then their ability to execute. Like Chris mentioned a second ago, five different players scored down the stretch. And so, uh, I mean, I, I love the game I see tonight, a road game Team came out, threw the first punch. Houston didn't fall, kept fighting, kept fighting, and ended up getting the win. And I'm looking forward to this matchup against Temple. Temple got some really good guards, and they both played well in their last game. But I think Houston kind of felt like they gave the game away, which they should because they missed 10 free throws and still lost by one point. So I'm expecting Houston to really come out with a fight. But I also expect Temple to come out to try to have a good start. And I wonder how the crowd would be. Uh, the crowd has been very fickle out there in Philadelphia. I expect them to come out and really support the Owls. Chris, where can people find you? And on the topic of free throws, Houston went 13 of 15 from the free throw line tonight against Wichita State, which was a big help for Houston as they pulled away the victory in Kansas. Uh, agreed. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what, uh, how many Philly fans show up for the Owls Sunday evening, 6 p.m. start, Philly time, 5 p.m. Game's going to be on ESPN, too. Um, this has been a lot of fun. I always enjoyed talking with the fans on Les Rage Cougs, and, and I 
I really get a kick out of Andy pulling the audio that Conrad provided the media and adding that to the show. It's just another example of the technology exists for us to do these post-game shows and bring you comments from Coach Sampson, audio or video. So continue supporting Let's Rage Cougs going forward the rest of this season and going forward for more seasons as the Cougs enter the Big 12. But catch me on Twitter at Review. Website, HoustonRoundBallReview.com, Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube. Big appreciation to everybody watching us on YouTube, on the Houston Round Bar Review channel, Houston Round Bar Review on Instagram and TikTok. A lot of fun as always, and we're going to do it again Sunday after, after the game against Temple. Hopefully it'll be a Cougs win. Another less Rage Cougs. Andy will be in Philly. Right, Andy? Yes, sir. I'm back on the road. So just tune in for us Sunday night. For another edition of Less Rage Cougs, the your unofficial post-game show for Houston Cougars men's basketball and football. I'm back on the road, but one of the reasons we were able to it's one of the reasons we were able to do Let's Rage Cougs right after the game or real shortly thereafter, because we didn't have to worry about any videos and stuff like that. We makes it really cool. And I, something that I've noticed when it comes to this specific episode of Let's Rage Cougs following Houston's win over Wichita State, we had a I don't think it might be the top that we've had when it comes to live audience. We had a really good turnout when it comes to people that were tuning in live, which this is the first time that you stumbled across Let's Rage Cougs. We thank you for being able to check us out. If you're a returner, we thank you as well for the consistent support, and we can't do it without you, so please be sure to hit that like button. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button here on the Houston Round Ball Review YouTube channel if you're watching live on YouTube, and as well as us personally, be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok on Let's Rage Cougs, just as you see it on the screen. It's all lowercase, no any added special characters, just Let's Rage Cougs on Instagram and TikTok, and of course, follow us on Twitter on Jamma and subscribe on YouTube to the Jamma channel, which is where you can find our personal podcast, the Potsdam and Jamma podcast of Day on Dunlap, and I, and of course, you can find other Houston Cougars content focusing on the Houston Cougars men's basketball team, football team, and the women's basketball team. If you joined us late and didn't catch the Kelvin Sampson clip, you can go over to the YouTube channel now and catch that same clip and watch it and play it back. And of course, you can have content from the football team. Dana Hogerson spoke to reporters yesterday, and that's been up there. We have a lot of Big 12 people that found us over 2,000 views on that Dana Hogerson video talking about the Big 12 schedule. So like Chris said, onward and upward. As always, any any final thoughts before we wrap it up? The official, unofficial post-game show. Sir. Chris, and anything else? Yeah. I'm kind of curious. Would we want to become the official post-game show? <laughs> because doing that might limit some of the things we could do. Hmm. We like so, the fan engagement. If you yeah. would like us to stay unofficial, we need the support, <laughs> which means be sure to advertise if you're interested in advertising on Let's Rage Of course, that's my uh, my headphone starts to, to slip out of my ear. Of course, special thank you to all our sponsors for today's episode of Star Pizza, H-O-U-N-I-L, and of course, the Sex Indian Family, the primary sponsor for Let's Rage Cougs. Until then, once again, the final score from... Real, real quick, Andy, real quick. None of us are in Kansas, but go ahead, Chris. Rust, Rusty's comment. When Juan got his third foul, boy, I, I sure thought the PA announcer said Jamal Mark. 
with a third foul. I sure thought that. That's what I heard on the broadcast. And maybe the coaches did too, for whatever. But, I mean, Wong got his third foul, and then not long after, they got his fourth foul. So, I don't know. Maybe they heard that too or whatever. But someone, you know, fourth foul with 16 minutes left in the second half, that's kind of early. But, hey, the Cougs still find a way to get the win. Absolutely. Once again, the final score, Houston, number three, Houston tops, Wichita State, 70 to 61. On behalf of Chris, Dan, thank you guys for being a part of today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. And we'll be back Sunday night following Houston's game against Temple. And Dan, as always, you get the final word. Go Cougs.